0: Hi there, you're listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast, TCC, a home for you. All right, good morning, Trinity. How are you guys doing this morning? Oh, come on, you can do a little better than that. How are you doing this morning? Yeah? Yeah, you feel good? You feel good? Awesome. My name is Pastor Tyler. I'm a student pastor here, if you don't know me. Uh, I have a few students here. Say woo-woo. Thanks. Appreciate it. I get all that I can get, you know. Uh, a lot or a sliver. As much as I can get, I will receive it. So, um, man, as you can tell, I think um, spiritually our house is tender today. Our house has been tender for the past week or so. We, we, we are dealing with a lot of stuff as a house. Um, and how many of you guys know that, man, the church, the church is supposed to be a family, right? We're one big family. And because we're a family, that means that, that for us, everybody's emotions, the things that we're dealing with, we all can deal with together, the things that parts of our family are struggling with, we get to 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 partner with them and process through our grief and through the things that maybe we don't quite understand. And how many of you guys know that like man in, in times like this, trying to explain something away doesn't really help, you know? I think sometimes we're really quick to like, man, let's just, let's just get to the answer. But if I've read about Jesus the way that I have, I don't think Jesus would respond in that way. I'm reminded of when uh, Jesus meets Mary and Martha and his brother, friend, Lazarus passes away and Jesus doesn't come in like a wrecking ball and try to explain away all of the reasons why something happens he comes in and scripture says that man he 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 met them in the emotion and he cried with them and he felt the emotional complexities the way that Mary and Martha were feeling that in that moment and so I encourage you today you're a part of TCC's family sit in the emotional complexities Allow people to process, allow people to grief, allow people to process emotions. But here's the wonderful part about the faith that we have is that there's beauty on the other side, that God is a creator of beauty, and that God works all things out for those who love him. So that being said, let's jump into today's message uh, If you were with us last week, Pastor TJ started um, a new series called Gifted. How many of you guys think that you're gifted? Come on. Oh, yeah. I tell my wife all the time that I'm gifted. All the time. I'm like, babe, I'm good at everything. And then she basically just doesn't say anything. I'm like, yep, okay. Received, right? So we are talking for the next couple weeks about, man, God's tools for the kingdom. How many of you guys know that we all play a part in the kingdom of God, right? And that's important for us to remember over the next six weeks, we are diving into the unique giftings and functions that God has given us, the church, for purpose. Right, last week we jumped into the, the um, scripture about how we were gifted and what gifts God provided with, with us. We took an overview look at all the gifts that God has established for His church to use ministry gifts, these are the gifts that God gave the church a blueprint on how we're supposed to function together. The manifestation gifts, these are the supernatural gifts that we don't like talking about, but they're in the Word. So guess what? We're gonna talk about them, baby. We see these in 1 Corinthians 12. And then we have the uh, motivational gifts. These are gifts found in Romans 12. And these, um, these cause us to act. These gifts in Romans 12 help us articulate why you like to be hospitable and maybe why you like to serve people, or maybe you really like to create to-do lists. And, and Romans 12 helps us pinpoint why we all have bents and abilities and how we can use them in the church. But if you missed last week, I highly recommend that you go on YouTube and you watch that, because this week and the weeks beyond here will not make sense if you don't start there. So if you missed last week, please head there. Not right now. Don't do it during my message, okay? God has a word today, so do not be watching. Do do not put a headphone in one ear and try. (laughs) It's not going to work. All these functions are meant to work together to articulate God's design for his church. Every single gift. Right? And so, but here's the thing. Before we dive into the function of the gifts and really um, diving into how they are connected, we have to start in one place first. And we have to gain clarity on why God would give the church the gifts, right? Something that that for the past maybe year, uh, probably six months since Jan since January, in the youth group we have been talking about why's a whole time. We are diving in like why do we worship. Why do we take communion? Why should we be in community? Why should we love people? We are diving into the whys. And the reason we are doing that is because I think for thousands of years, we just do something because we've done it forever. Right? And the church and the way the church is gifted is no different. We've lopped people into certain things and we leave people out of certain things because of titles and no titles and positions and roles. And we forget the why behind Jesus giving us, God giving us those gifts. Why did he give us the gifts in the first place? Is it just to uplift and edify the body? Is it just so that we in these walls could look at each other and make each other feel great? Is it just so that you feel like you have value and you feel like you have a role in the church? Is it just because we sometimes as humans feel like we need a position Is it sometimes that we don't feel really great about ourselves so we need value so we're attributing something in these walls to my value? The answer to all those questions is yes. And there's other parts to why God has gifted us. How many of you guys know that God, you know, really doesn't play by our human rules? So we think sometimes very binarily. We think, well, those gifts, they edify. Can't do anything else. That's not how God sees it. God sees across this plane way more vast than we see. So a lot of things can be true at one time. And that's what I believe about this. Are these gifts to encourage and uplift and to be inside this house and a part of this body so that we function better? Yes. And that is not where we should stop with the gifts that God has given us. How many of you guys know that God has called the church to transform the world? Amen? What are we here for? Are we here because we like to sing? Are we here because we like to dance? I'm not a dancer, but in the presence of the Lord, I'll probably break a move or two. Right, are we here because we like food? Are we here because we want to play fantasy football? Trust me, I'm coming for that trophy, Mom. It's happening. Are we here for those reasons, or do we truly understand that God has called the church to transform the world. In Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16, Jesus says this, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Amen? Church, we're called to be the light of the world. We're not called to be just a light. We're not called to be, well, you're that light that's next to the other light, that next to the other church on the corner's light, and you guys are just going to light the, the, that street corner. He says that we're the light of the world. God has not just called us to use the gifts to enhance our lives within these walls. We were called to change, transform, and impact the world around us. That's what hearing the light of the world means. It's not just to be a light in these walls, but the world needs a light. Do you know how important light is? When you wake up in the morning, do you wake up with a light on or do some of you wake up to the sun? So in the summer, I wake up to the sun. In the winter, you cannot get me up unless somebody probably turns, turns like, like the uh, big lights on. We call them big lights and then accent lights. The big lights, we don't use the big lights because those are too bright. But I need those to wake up occasionally. Light is really, really important, right? It's true. We have light in this room right now. If all of these lights were off, one, we would not be having service indoors. We would probably be outside. And if it was nighttime, we would have candles everywhere. And guess what? That's also light. Light is extremely important, and and I remember growing up as a kid, we used to have sleepovers, right? How many of you guys enjoy a sleepover? How how about now? I wish I could sleep over at my friend's house and just stay up for hours, but I would regret that for like seven weeks straight. It would be bad. But we used to do uh, really, really fun games and stuff, and one of the games that I remember dearly, we used to play Flashlight Tag. How many of you guys know Flashlight Tag? Right, if you don't know, flashlight tag, you go out, and wait, precursor, any of you kids in here, this is not, I'm not responsible for what you do with this information when I tell you this, okay? We used to go outside in the pitch black, like as dark as you could, and everybody would get a flashlight, or one person would get a flashlight, and you would just play tag in the pitch black. One, this is dangerous, you'll get kidnapped, don't do it. Two- it's dangerous because you'll run into a tree. Three, it's dangerous, period. <sighs> so we played a variation on this because we were not allowed to play this outside. My parents uh, were, were, were smart and they knew that we would get into really, really bad mischief. So they said, don't play it outside. So we thought, okay, how do we play this? So we used to have a finished basement. How many of you guys love finished basements? Oh yeah. So our basement was, you know, it was finished, carpeted, it was really, really nice. It was big enough to play this game, and we used to play a variation of flashlight tag. We would set up an obstacle course in the whole basement, and the goal was to get to the one target, normally a stuffed animal. The target would sit on a chair right next to the person that was the tagger, and he or she would sit in the chair with their eyes closed, and they had a flashlight pretty similar to this thing. This thing's bright, so I'm going to try to keep it out of people's eyes, like didn't happen in my youth. I got, like... Flashlights in my face a bunch of times, so you would sit there, and the rules of the game was the people in the obstacle course had to get to the target without being flashlighted. Does that make sense? Here's the thing: the flashlighter got to sit down, and he would have his eyes closed. In any movement or sound that he or she heard, he would shine the light. So he'd sit like this, and he would pretend something happened, and he'd shine the light he'd sit like this and then he would hear something and then he would shine the light and you would do this until you either tagged everybody out or we got to the target now here's the thing that i remember the most you can't see anything it was a dark abyss we like the game wasn't actually that fun because we all were on our hands and feet like this and we would just like We'd be feeling around because it was so dark you couldn't see anything. But here's, but here's where you swindled the system, okay? You would make a little bit of noise, and when the person would shine the flashlight, the light bleed would give you a chance to move through the obstacles, The light bleed that was going maybe this way towards somebody else gave you enough light to get your bearings to get to the target. And it's funny because sometimes I think the church is literally like playing this game. Do you know that we hold the flashlight? We hold the flashlight. We've been waiting for thousands of years for the world that has no flashlight to shine its own light. Meanwhile, we've sat back with the flashlight in hand, and we've not turned it on. That's what we do sometimes with these gifts. The only time I could navigate the darkness was when that person turned the flashlight on. Now, I could stumble around all I wanted to, and I could feel around and try to get to the target, but but the truth is that I could not get there unless that person turned the flashlight on. Church, we are the flashlight. The world does not have a flashlight. And if you're anything like me, when I'm reading the news about the world and about the church and how, you know, all this stuff is happening, the one thing that comes to my heart the most and it breaks my heart is that I think some of the churches. the the big C church is, is sitting around waiting for the world to turn their light on and they don't have one. We're waiting for the world to turn their light and then, okay, let me see if I can navigate to get to the church and then I'll be good. Guys, we are the light. God said, we are the light of the world. If he said that we are the light of the world, that means that the world has no light to begin with. And sometimes I think we get caught in this perspective that, like, the world just became this. Guys, the world has always been absent of light. There would have been no purpose for Jesus if there was light in the world before. So Jesus came, why? To be a light giver. We are waiting for a world shadowed in darkness to shine its own light. We are the light that the world needs. But now the question if we establish that we are the light the question is how do we turn the light on how do we turn on these flashlights how do we be, become the gift that the world so desperately needs it's super complicated are you ready we use the gifts god gave us that's how we are the light to the world That's the only way that we are the light to the world. Pastor Tyler, how? I'll tell you. Because you and I are no different than the world. The only thing that separates us from them is that we have Jesus. You and I are no different. But we met Jesus... And we have a gift in Jesus. And Jesus gave us giftings to use. So what separates us from that? It's the gifts. So that means that maybe by proxy, God is saying, use your gifts to reach the world. Use your giftings to change the world. We become the gift to the world we were always meant to be. That's important. We have not picked up a new mission We've always been plan A for God to change the world. Always. From, from the beginning, we've always been plan A for that. And I believe that we can break up the way the church is a gift to the world in two ways. Okay? We have two options. We have two options to, to shine light, to light the way. And that is with spiritual light and practical light okay the church has always been meant to operate in both parties spiritual and practical that's why jesus right that's why god the trinity decided right that jesus had had to come in the physical right couldn't have just it been a lot maybe easier in our logic to say well just holy spirit you do it all right Because then there wouldn't have had to been a gift, there wouldn't have had to been a person, but God for some reason chose that Jesus was was just as important in human form as the Holy Spirit is to us today. So we can use two things, spiritual light and practical light. Let's start with spiritual light. What do we know about the Spirit of God? Something that I know very, very surely about the Spirit of God is that it is the opposite of our human tendencies okay i'll prove it to you when we are anxious what does god's spirit give us peace yes let's play the game 10 points when we are weak what does god's spirit give us Hmm. here we go when we're tired what does god's spirit give us rest Rest. aha 20 points to you because you were loud Guys, God's spirit, God's spiritual nature is in the business of enhancing you and I's daily life, right? Like that's what God's spirit does for us. God gives us revelation, he helps us through situation, and that changes your day-to-day life. Am I wrong? No. Good. I know. I read my Bible. (laughs) So what does it look like to be a spiritual light to the world then, right? So like if God's spirit is in the business of enhancing your life daily, what does it look like for us or the church to be a spiritual light in the world? Well, I think it has to break down to we need to identify what spiritual light in ourselves mean. Does anybody know what this is? Uh You should because it has a title, Fruits of the Spirit. (laughs) Just saying. You could just read the, the screen and it's okay. 10 points to, to all of you. This is the fruits of the Spirit. We see this in, we see this in Scripture, in Galatians. What is this? This is when God is, is, is present in your life, this is the fruit that you produce, right? Outwardly, with people, with peers, with people you don't like. This is what we should be producing. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Finish it up. Sick. Good job, guys. So here's, so here's the thing. The fruits of the Spirit is, is the spiritual light that the world needs to see changed in you. Does that make sense? So if we leave this place and we go out there and we are not showing kindness and we're not showing goodness and we're not showing patience, then how is the world ever going to see that God is a Spirit changer? That God is a life changer. How would anybody see that? The truth is, is we should be sharing the complete fruits of the Spirit with the world at all times, right? We need to be changed by God's Spirit, which leads to us producing good fruit, not bad fruit, good fruit. Say good. Good, good fruit. And then we need to recognize that we're just producing the fullness of this list list of the fruits of the Spirit. And when you operate and you act out of this list, people go, man, there's something different about you. Like, I cut you off, but you blessed me. My cart is full of groceries, and you have two things, but you told me to go, go first, and that you'll pay for my groceries. Why? Why would you do that? We need to be, be able to articulate to the world that something within our spiritual nature has been changed. That God has touched us spiritually. And if we were to, to look at the world in need of spiritual fruit right, right now, I think we can safely boil down a few main examples of what the world needs. Number one, I think the world needs hope, right? Man, we live in a hopeless world right now. But scripture says in Romans 15, it says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that God, the source of hope, would fill you completely. Imagine a world filled completely completely with joy because they've met the source of hope. Imagine a world like that where you know that hope. Imagine if everybody had that, right? What else is the world lacking? Joy. We live in a joyless world right now. There's a lot of people angry. There's a lot of people arguing with each other. There's countries mad at other countries. (laughs) Full continents mad at other continents. And I'm like, how does it even work? You're just rocks. But I guess, you know, to each their own. Right, this world needs joy. John 15. Verse 11, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with joy, with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. How many in here right now need an overflowing of joy? Man, I like think about that. We know the source, and sometimes we even need a little overflowing. Imagine not knowing the source. Dang, that'd be crazy. And I'm gonna say it in this service because I said in first service and I feel like the Spirit is prompting me to just remind us. Do you know that this house is meant to be a house of joy? You know that, right? The church building doesn't matter. The church body is supposed to be a house of joy. And if you do not have joy when coming to this building, to this community, then you're going to really, really, really be frustrated with heaven, because, man, that thing's about to go crazy, And you're going to get up there and you're going to see and go, "This is cool, but like do you have like a do you have a less joyful part of heaven that I can just go over there that we don't sing in? Maybe I don't even stand for worship. Can I just go over there?" Right, we're gonna be in for a rude awakening if we think that joy is absent from our experiences in our faith with God. So that was extra, I just wanna plant the seed, be joyful in the house of the Lord. Be joyful, be joyful, be joyful. There are people that don't get a house of the Lord. And we come to a house of the Lord resentful and upset and broken and broken. And all of those things are okay. But God has established a place like this so that when you enter, you're like, oh, the joy of the Lord. My community, my church. The world is absent of that. And sometimes the church is. So let's be better in that department, okay? Joyful house. Next up. The world is lacking peace. Amen? We got wars on wars on wars, baby. We are fighting with each other. We are fighting, fighting, fighting. John 14 says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. My favorite part of this verse is not just the peace part. It's him saying, the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. Sometimes we sit in our postures and say, man, if, you, if the Ukraine and Russia could just stop fighting, they can't. Why? Because there's no peace to grab from there. We hold that peace. God is that peace. So if God is absent from the situation, where are they getting peace from? That's why we pray so so deeply for God to impact that region right now. Why? Because there is no peace to, 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 to send into the situation if God is not available. So we as people need to be people of peace. And the world needs people of peace right now. Amen? The world needs it. What's something else? Love. Man, the world is lacking extravagant love. The world does not love each other right now. You know what's really hard? The church doesn't either. So... Ephesians 3:18 is for the church just as much as it is for the world. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, long, high and deep His love is. We need to be a people of love. Why? Because if the world has no love, then where do they get it from? Us. But here is the dilemma church, and I'm saying this because we're all a part of the church. The world has no love and sometimes the church has no love. So where are we getting love from? If God is the source of love, if God loved the world so deeply and we cannot love each other and we can't love the world, the world has no chance. And you know what goes hand in hand, tandem? The gift of life. How many of you guys know that, man, the world is struggling with life right now? And not just earthly life, eternal life. And it goes hand in hand with love because John 3.16, we all know it. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him wouldn't perish, but have eternal life. This is something the world lacks. And I would argue that it's the greatest gift that we have. And it's probably on the least on the lowest part of the list in the world. And and the way I know that is because if you don't know the Father, then you don't get into heaven. But we know him. So is that the greatest gift? Or is our theological bent the greatest gift? Is the gift Jesus and his salvation that lets us live eternally with him? Or is it the points of Calvinism that we want to fight against and all these like, I'm not saying that none of that is important. I'm saying where is it important on the list? Having a spiritual direction change is something we all have experienced if you met Jesus, amen? How important was that change for you? Is it important enough to share then? It should be, right? But man, sometimes it's nowhere near our list, right? Hey, I'm in the same boat too here. Sometimes it is not on my list that the greatest gift that I ever had in my life was meeting Jesus, And there is occasional times where my encounter with Jesus and the way that he changed me forever and has marked me forever is not in priority of sharing. And so how important is that spiritual direction change to you? How important was you gaining the fruits of the Spirit? Man, I know friends right now that struggle with so many things in their lives and all I want to just say to them is like, you need the fruits of the Spirit. Like, dude, I can't stop punching walls. I'm like, well, you need to be gentle. (laughs) You need to, like, control yourself. guess what? Jesus helps with that. Right? Your life has been forever marked because your spirit has been changed. We need to share that spiritual light with the world so that they see you as a changed person, not just a changed appearance. Does that make sense? The world doesn't care that your appearance changed. The world cares that your heart changed. And they'll know by the way that you love them. They'll know by the way that you are sharing those fruits with him. When we don't operate in or share the gift that is the fruits of the spirit, we are deciding that the gift from God stops with me. We, we, we assume a role that, we're, that we weren't created to have, and that's decider over what I do with God, with God's gift to me. And that's a dangerous game to play. It's a free gift. I didn't pay for it. You didn't pay for it. And God's only call was, hey, you should take that gift freely that I gave you and give it to somebody else. I like to see it in my mind as like, God gave me a gift, I unwrapped it, and then like the note on the gift said, rewrap it and give it. Like, think about if we rewrap rewrapped all the gifts that God gave us and we gave them out freely this world would be changed this world would be marked our focus though sometimes has shifted from kingdom minded to self-minded and this is a dangerous game to play this sometimes gets in our way of fully acting in every gift that God has given us we start thinking about well is this comfortable for me though I don't really, maybe, like, really care to share my gifts, so, like, I'm just going to keep it here. Or sometimes, if you're like me, right, God is doing all this fruit of the spirit change in my heart, and it feels so warm and toasty that I go, I'm just going to keep it to myself. Like, God, just keep sifting me. Just keep working on me. And God's like, hey, dum-dum, share that. You get this for your whole life, but there's people that may not get it, so share it. Like, like, hey, Ty, you already have it. Somebody doesn't. So that warm, fuzzy shifting and, you know, the thing that's happening in your heart, somebody else needs it too. Right? And so God is calling us into kingdom-mindedness, not self-mindedness. And here's the thing. We see in Philippians, Paul writing to the church about having a Christ-like attitude. And we're going to read this really quick because it really makes sense. Okay? I promise. Philippians 2, 1 through, through 5, it says... Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the spirit, Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving each other, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Why does this passage matter to us today? It's because Paul is addressing a problem, and here's the thing, here's the key word. Paul is addressing a problem inside the church. This letter is to a church, not to the land of Philippi. This is to the church. Paul is calling out in the church, he's saying, you are selfish, arrogant, prideful, and lacking compassion with each other. How are you going to share the greatest gift of the world with people that aren't like you if you cannot get along inside the church? Paul's saying, church, Are you not marked by what Jesus did for you? Is your heart not, not, not tender and compassionate towards each other because of what Jesus did in your heart? Do you not have love for each other? Gifting the world with spiritual light only can happen if we are united and encouraged in this building, a part of this church. Paul is saying, man, if you can't get along inside... Wait until you talk to the person on the street that doesn't like you and doesn't believe the same things that you believe and doesn't read the same book that you read. The fruits of the Spirit being produced in your life should encourage us to be kingdom-minded for the sake of the world, not for the sake of you, not for the sake of me, but for the sake of the world. And when, we're, and when we're producing spiritual light inside, and we're sharing it with each other in this building, and we become unified and encouraged, then, and only then, is when we can probably properly love God's people outside of here. Gifting the world spiritual light isn't where we stop, though. How, how many of you guys know that Jesus did not stop at just going toe-to-toe with the Pharisees and intellect. Actually, battling with people he also put his hands where his mouth was and he met people in the streets he touched people you weren't supposed to touch he prayed with people you weren't supposed to talk to we cannot change the world with our intellect alone i'm sorry can't happen is it important for sure why because the bible talks about it too but do you know what we, like most churches, don't do well and the Bible also talks about? Doing something. Putting our hands down. Doing some hard work. The world doesn't just need the gifts of the Spirit, the world needs people of the Spirit to do something about it. To do something about the world that needs practical light, the hands and feet of our faith. Why is this, why is the practical important? Jesus shows us constantly that it wasn't just about him teaching and breaking down religious law um, mindsets. It was about getting his hands dirty and changing the world with his hands and feet. Jesus lived out his gospel. Something I think about all the time is like I read the gospels and I forget that like Jesus is doing what he is doing because it's his gospel. It's his truth. Right? So like when he says you should be baptized and, and we go, why? And he, he goes, well, I did it. He's like, dude, you got a point. So we see all these stories of him putting his hands into the earth, him doing something. And we sit on this side and go, dude, Jesus was a good dude. I mean, I'm not going to do it, but Jesus really did something. Right, if we're supposed to model our lives after that person, then we need to model all of our lives after all of his life. Jesus lived out his gospel. This is why TCC is so passionate about our community. And if you're new with us today, we already love you dearly. But I have to put an asterisk on our church just so just just, just so you are aware that you can't and you probably won't be comfortable being a part of Trinity if you do not love the community, you do not want to reach the loss, and you will not put your hands and feet on the line for the sake of the kingdom. You'll enjoy today the hour and a half that you spend here, but we do so much to love our community extravagantly that you will feel extremely uncomfortable when you are not serving in those capacities. When you are not putting your hands and feet on the line for the gospel. When you're not serving at family fest and you're not serving at the egg hunt and all the Christmas things and the Christmas Eve services. You will feel extremely uncomfortable. Why? Because because God's heart is not just for the people that sit in this room on Sunday. God's heart is for the lost. That's why missions, evangelism, acts of service are so important to us here on the practical side of light. These are the practical extensions of the gospel. And they are close to the heart of God. God God sent his son to seek and save the lost. Are we saved in here? I'm just asking a question, right? Yeah? So, And don't get mad at me, but, I mean, Jesus found me. And I'm forever thankful for that. But there are other people like me that Jesus has to find. And I cannot be found over and over and over and over again. I have to, at some point, put my foot down and say, God, you saved me. And you changed me. And there's millions of other people that need to be found and changed and saved. That's why practical light matters. We see Jesus talk about practical light in Matthew 25. He says, For for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones say, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality? When were you naked and and when did we give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison? And the King Jesus will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. That's a chunk of passage, but man, that is something that we need to be marked by. Like when I walk out of the grocery store and I see somebody there And yes, it happens to all of us, even Pastor Tyler. I see the person, I go, not dealing with that today. Like, man, that's Jesus. We have to shift our mindsets. Jesus tells us in this passage, like, man, when you are doing those things, you are doing it to me. And when I put myself in that posture, it breaks my heart for the amount of times that I've not cared for Jesus. The amount of times that I've not taken the time to just talk with Jesus. The amount of times that I've not just met a person where they were and just loved on them the way that Jesus would. We do this extremely well here at TCC with a bunch of things but something we do every month if you don't know and you wanna be involved, I'll tell you right now. We do a thing called Helping Hands where we make over 300 sandwiches every month. 40 people gather in that room there, and we, by hand, make over 300 sandwiches to give out to the homeless population in the Wilmington area. We do that, practical hands and feet. It happens on a Friday at 10 a.m. If you want to get involved, contact us, and come make a sandwich. Guys, I would never tell you anything that I've not done. I have made hundreds of sandwiches, hundreds of them, and that's not even the counting the ones that I make for me personally. <laughs> Hundreds of sandwiches. Get involved practically. Put your hands where your mouth is. The church is really good at talking. But we gotta start putting our hands on the line. Right, how else do we practically share the gift of the church? Guess what? We, we were called to it by Jesus as well. We go into places that are absent of God, and we share the good news. We go. What, what does Scripture say? Go into all the world, make disciples, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say stay and hope all these nations come to you. Now your church would be not, our church is not big enough to house all of the nations. We're called to go into the places that are absent of God. We're called to go into the places that don't know the gospel and share the gospel. Acts 1, 6-8 says this, when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the ki- time come for you to free, um, to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Pause. The, 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 the disciples just watched Jesus die, raised from the dead, and literally do everything he said he was going to do, and still, because we're all human, and sometimes we need guidance after guidance after guidance, the disciples still asked Jesus the main question they had from the beginning, and that was like, yo, now that you did all this cool stuff, when are you restoring Israel? When are you doing the thing that we thought that the Messiah was supposed to do in the first place, blah, blah, blah. So whenever you feel... Like, you can't go to God with the same questions about why you're doing something or why, or why you're stepping into, you know, this school or you're making sandwiches, blah, blah, blah. Whenever you have that question, just remember that you're in good company. The disciples also, right after the greatest act this world has ever seen happen, they still are like, dude, Jesus, that was cool. But when are you, like, you know, rebuilding this thing, right? Jesus says... With so much patience, he says the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. And they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witness, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Spreading the gospel, sharing the gospel by word. Going into the places that do not have Jesus. You know what's my favorite part about this passage? There were people that believed in Jesus in Jerusalem, yet Jesus still listed Jerusalem. Our work is not done in Wilmington. Our work is not done in Hockessin. The work is not done locally. Doesn't mean that anything else isn't important. It means that everything can be active at the same time. Just as important as China is, so are the kids in Wilmington. So get involved. Let's get involved. Let's put our hands and feet on the line for the kingdom of God. I have many amazing students that I get the privilege to pastor, and I have two students that are just like making me have just like this proud dad moment. Um, And they are Aaliyah and Karina. You can see them both right there. Uh, Aaliyah's here today. So make her feel welcome. So both of these girls are going into DMA, they're going into their freshman year, okay? The Delaware Military Academy, okay? So if you think you have it hard, you don't. (laughs) Delaware Military Academy, okay? They're going into their freshman year, okay? They're not even there yet. And we were at summer camp and we were in one of the evening services and before the message even happened, there was this little like commercial spot for a ministry called Youth Alive. And what they do is they take resources And they make these things called uh, campus missionaries, and the idea behind this is that we're taking students and we're giving them resource and we're teaching them how to be a missionary to their school campus. And this and the guy that runs it was just talking about it, and I remember hearing from my wife that Aaliyah and Karina literally heard this and went up to her and said, "I don't know why, but like I need to like we're going to start a Bible club at DMA." And I don't know where it's coming from, but I feel it so strongly in my heart that we need to do this, so we're gonna do it. And so you can be proud to know that we are going to start a Bible club in DMA. So again, incoming freshmen that don't know anybody, that is stepping into a large school that is absent of God, and their first thought was, let's start a Bible club. And here's what makes me more proud, okay? I'm proud that they are doing that. You know what makes me more proud? aliyah has been coming since November. She kind of like just basically met Jesus, right? Jesus marked her life so strongly that she believes and she's willing to put her hands and feet on the line that other people in her school need to experience that same life-changing thing. What am I doing? Like I can't even talk to the person at the coffee shop. And her life has been marked so strongly that she's like, people need to hear this. People need this man in their lives. So when she came up to me, it wasn't just proud that she's a student of mine and that they're not not just students. I'm proud that there's people in the church that think that the story of Jesus is is powerful enough that everybody should hear it. Imagine if we all looked at our experiences with God the way that Aaliyah and Karina are looking at it right now. Practical light. We're not just called to know who Jesus is, we're called to share the gift of Jesus with the world. And do you know who Jesus wants to do that through? us there's no other plan how crazy is that like like, there's literally no other plan God's like hey you're it tag you're, you're it he like I, I, I can just see his like as he like ascended he like tagged him it's like okay you're it have fun I'm like no Jesus I'm not ready he's like I never said you would be uh, God chose us to do it God has gifted us individually, not just so that we can build, and trust me, I love the church, okay? So don't hear this wrong. God didn't gift us uniquely and individually just so we could build the church correctly and the correct right tensions and, you know, we have this gift and this gift and they really work together. That's not just why we have the giftings. And if it was, God would have given a different plan in tandem with us to reach the lost but he didn't. So where does that leave us? That leaves us with one thing. We, we have to be a church built in unity and encouragement of all of the gifts in this house so that then the world is properly reached. Guys, I love that God has gifted all of us and all of you individually and uniquely but God also marked the church to be a gift to the world. So in the same way that we're receiving all of these beautiful gifts from God that make up who you are uniquely, God is saying, well, wait, 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 My bride collectively is supposed to be a gift to the world. And sometimes we're not giving that gift away. Guys, no matter how messy the church is or even when the church doesn't get it quite right or we step on our own toes and and we aren't communicating correctly and sometimes we run events and they don't go really smooth and no matter how messy things get, we have to remember that God chose us, that we're still the light that has to reach the world, that we still are that. I don't care about all of the posts on Facebook you see about well this guy said this and the church said this and they're fighting out at the end of the day guys we are still the word We're a light the word hasn't changed you are a light to the world a beacon there's no other option there's no other plan we are and we've always been and, and this is important We are and we've always been plan A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. We've always been that plan to grow the kingdom. And I know that we just talked, about spiritual light, impractical light, blah, blah, blah. Guys, at the end of the day, what God is saying is that you and I need to use our gifts to reach the world. That's what he's saying. So you, You, you teacher, as important as teaching is in this, in in this congregation, go teach the world. You, you pastor, you, you shepherd, you, you carer of people. Don't just care for the people here, care for the world. You evangelizer. I know about Jesus already. You don't got to tell me twice. But there are people that don't. And they need your gift. So we are going to end the same way we did last week. If you were here last week, then, then you, you know. We have a spiritual gifts test. You can scan that code or you can go to uh, the fivefoldministry.com. Um, you will get sent to potentially, depending on what happens, we are having a little bit of issue with this site specifically. But. Um, If you have some issue with it, then just contact us, and we will make sure that we send out a different gift test. Um, But it's a really quick test, and all we're asking is that you take it and that you find out your perfect fit in the kingdom of God. Guys, in this room right now, we have pastors, teachers, apostles. We have them all, and we need to figure out where we fit so that we can attack the world properly so that we can build unity and encouragement of all of the gifts here, so that they are fully active and on display out there. And when you find out what you are and your results, we want you to send it to info@tccde.com. but I would be in trouble if I don't say this. Put your name on it, please. We got some tests where it's like, cool, you're a pastor. Don't know who you are. <laughs> cool, you have a gift of teaching, random person. <laughs> so make sure that you put your name there so that we can help to, to start to cultivate like what this church, complete in unity, looks like. Guys, churches say this all the time, but I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Guys, God is on the move in this region. Do you feel it? God is moving. God is creating. God is processing. God is casting understanding. God is re redistributing giftings, dreams. We need to be a church that's gonna jump on the wave and follow with God wherever he wants to go. And the only way that we can truly do it properly is if you know where you fit in the equation. And so that we all understand that man, we all have value in the kingdom of God. I'm not any more valuable than any of you in this room. We all matter to this big equation of what God has for us. So let's take just one minute and let's just, let's just talk to the Spirit. Just ask him, God, like what what would you have me do? Be prepared to, to ask dangerous questions of the Holy Spirit. Like God, what what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to use my hands? How do you want me to use my feet? How do you want me to use the good fruit that I've produced because of my encounters with you? And just see what he says. God speaks to you just like he speaks to me. And if I know God the way that I know God, When you ask him something, he will respond. It might be in a different way that you weren't expecting, but he'll respond. Your gift matters. Don't let anybody, don't let anything you see, don't let anything you read tell you otherwise. The kingdom of God is vast and every gift has a part to play. And when we're playing all those parts together in harmony and unity, the world can't help but to look at us and go, how are you doing this? Why is there so much peace? Why are you jumping and dancing? Why are you praising God? Why are you serving your community? Why are you giving hot dogs out for free left and right? Why are you doing this? And our only answer is, well, God gifted us, so we're gifting it back to you guys. Let's pray, God. We are thankful for you. We're thankful for just all the things that you continue to do. We're thankful for all the ways you have blessed us and that you continue to um, pour into our hearts. God, I pray right now that every gifting would fit perfectly in your design and your plan. God, I pray that we would understand all of these gifts aren't just to enhance our lives within these walls, but it's to um, bring Jesus to a world that needs the light. God, help us to shine our lights. Help us to turn on the flashlights. Help us to guide people back to the target. God, we love you and we're thankful for you. For all this in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast. We hope this met you exactly where you are. To learn more about us, head to our website at tccde.com or follow us on social media at Trinity Community Church. TCC, a home for you.